Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Tuesdays and happy Halloween to everyone out there who celebrates. Uh, I went uh, for our Halloween party as Jesse Gemstone from the Righteous Gemstones. My wife, Laura, went as Judy Gemstone. Uh, and uh, the Righteous Gemstones, I think it's crass, it's crude, it's also really funny. Um, and, uh, I think it's a really funny show. I enjoy it. We enjoy watching it. So, uh, that was the, uh, the impetus for, uh, our, uh, costumes. All right. We got a bunch of stories to discuss. Uh, Big Ten, uh, spying scandal on Michigan just gets more ridiculous. Uh, you know, we've got Snow White, woke Snow White, WNBA battle, uh, as the WNBA, uh, continues to uh, to try to run away from your boy, despite the fact that millions and millions of you love my idea for a high school boys champ team against uh, against the WNBA champion. Uh, NFL reactions, trade deadline underway. In case you haven't heard, uh, Chase Young headed from the Washington to the 49ers. That makes the 49ers defensive line one of the best potentially in the history of the NFL. I don't think it's a coincidence that after the 49ers defensive line struggled some against Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow that they are now bulking up and deciding that they've got to be able to get pressure with a front four uh, to be able to drop seven, uh, which uh, obviously is a huge part of whether or not you can end up successful. But let's start right here with, as we do every single Tuesday, the breakdown of what I thought of the NFL and what we learned, if anything, from the NFL weekend that was. Dolphins bring the Patriots back down to earth. The Dolphins now 6-2, and two, I believe, at the top of the AFC East. The Patriots, they still stink despite the fact that they pulled off that upset win last week, which cost us some money. By the way, with 5-2, and two, in the NFL outkick uh, six-pack, uh, that was obviously very good. We're having a good year gambling at the halfway point of the NFL season. I've got 17 gambling winners up for you for college football. Uh, Jets and uh, the Giants. Jets end up stealing one, um, and uh, I think you have to. Uh, I think you have to contemplate what in the world is going on with the Giants. They couldn't even throw the football. Uh, and now they finally get back Daniel Jones. I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, we got to get rid of Daniel Jones uh, anytime soon. Uh, Titans, as I said, I was at this game. Will Levis was incredible. And we could probably, if the guys want to have some fun, probably clip a bunch of stuff that I've either, either said or tweeted about Will Levis. And uh, I'm going to have to potentially, as I said, when he was drafted, if I'm wrong, I'll totally own it. He was amazing. Will Levis was phenomenal against the Falcons. Threw four touchdown passes. I was there watching in person. Now, two days from now, we'll see how Will Levis looks on the road against the Steelers. Now, there's a little bit of tape out there about him. I always say, hey, calm down a little bit in the NFL because whenever you start, they don't know what you do well. And then a team will watch you on tape and they'll say, okay, it doesn't seem like he handled this pass coverage that well, or it doesn't seem like he handled pressure coming from this part of the field, or he didn't recognize 
uh, a uh, a zone blitz. Like uh, we need to put more scenarios in like this. So I imagine that there will be a lot of wrinkles that will be brought to bear against the Steelers, and it wouldn't shock me if Will Levis went out and threw multiple interceptions as a result. But if he keeps playing like this, I'm going to have to eat crow, and I'll be happy to do it. Um, the uh, Jags. Jags are the best team in the AFC South, got to 6-2, and two, went on the road, and handled the Steelers relatively easily. Kenny Pickett is going to play, but this Steelers offense has not been very productive against anybody. I would expect a low-scoring game against the Titans on Thursday in an early preview there. Bryce Young gets his first win of the season, beats C.J. Stroud and the Texans. C.J. Stroud, probably your rookie of the year right now. Uh, has played very well. Bryce Young has not played as well, but the Panthers get off the losing streak and get their first win. Cowboys absolutely dominated the Rams uh, in what was certainly a surprising performance, putting up 43. Vikings beat the uh, Packers. Jordan Love does not seem to be the answer for the Packers. But it stinks. Kirk Cousins now out for the year. The Vikings have traded for Josh Dobbs, appear to be handing him the job going forward. Given the win that the Lions got last night, the Lions have now opened up a substantial advantage uh, in the NFC North over everybody else. They would have to be a monster favorite. Again, with that Kirk Cousins injury and the fact that he's now out for the year, uh, Josh Dobbs being traded from Arizona cross-country to Minnesota. Uh, we'll see whether Dobbs can have success or not. Saints went on the road, got the win against the Colts. Suddenly, the Colts' defense can't stop anybody. Everybody is putting up big numbers on them. Saints did, Browns did, and the Saints and the Browns have not had great offensive performances against anybody else. Eagles beat the Commanders, uh, and the Commanders now, as we said earlier, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, uh, both being traded. Commanders selling on the season. They've had some success against the Eagles, haven't been able to win, have put up points, but now it seems like Washington basically deciding on that defensive line uh, to move on and go ahead and stock up on draft picks. Seahawks get the win against the Browns. Big story with the Browns remains when or if we are ever going to see Deshaun Watson back on that field again. Ravens get the win against the Cardinals. Broncos, this is a big one. Uh, maybe Sean Payton's not a bad coach after all. Uh, the Chiefs get whipped pretty solidly by the Broncos. The Broncos couldn't get a win forever against the Chiefs where they lost like 12 or 13 in a row. Come out now. They've turned the mojo around after giving up 70 points. They've started to prove, hey, maybe the Broncos aren't as awful as we thought. Uh, Bengals get the road win against the 49ers. As I said, maybe that's motivation for why uh, there was the decision made by the 49ers to trade for Chase Young. Chargers take down the Bears, and like we said last night, Monday Night Football, Lions get to 6-2, and two, look like they are going to win the NFC North, host a home playoff game, which could theoretically, could theoretically give the Lions an opportunity to win just their second NFL playoff game since the 1950s. That is uh, my analysis of, uh, of the game's uh, that took place in the NFL this weekend. Hey, Clay Travis here. We'll be right back. But first, here's a word. So, a uh, bit of Halloween news. Uh, I don't know how many of you have seen my incredible performance as Drew Barrymore 
in a spoof skit that we did for Fox Bet Live, the daily sports gambling show that I was on for four years. I don't know how many of you saw that, uh, but we had a lot of fun with that. Um, and tying in with that, last night I had the boys, the Travis boys, watch Scream, and we also broke out The Lost Boys. Both of those movies, I think, are iconic. My mind was a little bit blown. I, and again, I think it's based on my age. The Lost Boys came out in 1987. Scream came out in 1996. For me, I was eight years old when Lost Boys came out, and I was 17 years old when Scream came out. So that nine-year window, when you're that age, like going from eight to 17 is like becoming a totally different human. In my mind, Lost Boys feels like an ancient movie. And Scream in 1996 doesn't feel that long ago because basically I was almost an adult by the time Scream came out. To my kids, both of those movies are just ancient. So as we sit here in 2023, what is the math on that? It's been like 36 years since Lost Boys came out which seems like a lot, but it's been 27 years since Scream came out. So for my boys, they're both like, oh, those are old movies. They really liked both, though, and I have to tell you, they held up pretty well. Um, funny still, uh, engaging still, spooky still, scary. I like Scream better than The Lost Boys. I understand this is controversial. I put up a poll. It's basically 50-50 right now, which one you like better. I think Scream is a smarter version of uh, of a horror movie written by Kevin Williamson, and it took me back. Everybody remember Kevin Williamson? He was the guy who did Dawson's Creek back in the day in the late 90s. I don't know what Kevin Williamson does now, but in the late 90s, Kevin Williamson was like the voice of uh, of the teenage generation. And he had all of the Dawson's Creek uh, success, and then he had Scream, and I think he did. I know, uh, I know what you uh, what you did last summer, which was Jennifer Love Hewitt movie, uh, which everybody watched. That probably came out in like 1998 or whatever. Anyway, my boys love the Lost Boys and Scream, and they're asking me to watch Scream Two with them. So I'll eat. I'll probably do that tomorrow, and then we got the Titans uh, Steelers game on Thursday. So a lot of excitement. Don't get jealous. A lot of excitement and exciting viewing coming in uh, in the Travis household. WNBA. I want to say to all of you that have been watching on TikTok, I appreciate all of you. Uh, the comments were hysterical. And a lot of you did different reaction videos to the million-dollar challenge that I've put out there for the WNBA that if a WNBA team is willing to play a boys' high school state champion of my choice that I will pick in 2024 when all of the uh, March of 24-ish, when all of the state champions are crowned all over the nation. And if they can beat them, this is the Las Vegas Aces, I will give the WNBA team a million dollars. And a lot of you had a ton of different interesting reactions. TikTok in particular, millions of you watched the video of me discussing this. And a lot of you brought up a couple of things. Uh, one was the U.S. women's soccer team losing 5-2 to two to a team of 15-year-old boys uh, in uh, Dallas, Texas. This is not the best 15-year-old boys in America. This isn't even the best 15-year-old boys in the state of Texas. This is the best 15-year-old boys in 
Dallas. They beat the U.S. women's soccer team 5-2. to two. This was the U.S. women's soccer team that would go on to win the World Cup in 2019 in France. And some of people are like, well, it was just an exhibition. Yeah, but they scored five goals. So I get it if you're like, well, they weren't really trying that hard. You gave up five goals, and you had your starting goalie playing, and the 15-year-old boy scored five times on you. Uh, If you were just kind of screwing around, I don't think you would have given up five goals. I think your goalie would have been able to save, and I think you probably would have scored more. So look, the other analysis point, so that is one certainly very much in my favor that we're not even talking about like the U.S. men against the U.S. women. Because I think if the U.S. men's soccer team played against the U.S. women's soccer team, and I'm not kidding about this, I think they could beat them 50 to nothing if they needed to. If you had a scenario where you said to the U.S. men's soccer team, hey, uh, you each are going to get $10 million each if you win 50 to nothing against the women, or you're going to have to pay $10 million uh, to the women if you don't beat them 50 to nothing. I'm not even kidding about this. I think the U.S. men could beat the U.S. women 50 to nothing. I think they could in a full 80-minute game where they're going balls to the wall the whole time. I don't think the U.S. women would have a single scoring chance, and I think the men would win 50 to nothing if they needed to, if they had $10 million on the line. Uh, we're just talking about 15-year-old boys that were capable of winning 5-2. to two. Okay, so a lot of people said, hey, let's look, at the, uh, let's look at the height. The Las Vegas Aces don't have a single player taller than 6-4. There are tons of high school teams out there that have entire start, really good teams that have entire starting lineups with four sometimes even five guys that are 6'4 or taller. So let's just talk about the actual mechanics of the game. There would be a total above-the-rim ability for high school boys basketball team that doesn't exist in the WNBA. Brittany Griner can occasionally dunk in the WNBA with nobody else around her on a complete breakaway. Every good starting state championship caliber team would have, I think, five or six dudes that could dunk in a game. Not dunk on a breakaway. I mean dunk in a game on these women. They would play above the rim. They would be bigger, stronger, and faster than the WNBA's championship team would be. And I think that's why you're not seeing anybody out there on the WNBA side even respond. And again, this is worth bringing up. People say, why are you even talking about this? The WNBA player, the girl that's on the the WNBA championship team, called me a dumbass for just saying that a high school boys team would win. And then I said, okay, you call me a dumbass. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is a million dollars down on it. And then I see... Today, and I said, this would be the most watched WNBA game of all time. Everybody agrees. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Go look at all the comments. The number of people out there saying, I would pay to watch this game. I would watch this game. It's off the charts. 
would be a modern day battle of the sexes. I think we would have millions of people that would watch. And I saw today Fox Sports PR put out a, uh, a release. Think about this for a minute. The WNBA has never had 2 million people watch one of its games in the entire history of the league 20-plus years. There are 330 million people in America. They've never had an audience, I believe I'm correct in this, of 2 million for one of their games. Despite the fact that they've been shilling for it forever, ESPN trying to make it seem like people care, nobody watches, nobody cares. Meanwhile, Fox put on uh, the Big Ten, let me make sure I get this right because I want to give these women credit, put on Big Ten Volleyball. Big Ten women's volleyball. I'm not an expert in women's volleyball. I'm not an expert in volleyball. I don't know much of anything about volleyball. They put on Big Ten women's volleyball, and it outrated at any point anyone who had ever. Here's the ratings. Sunday's Big Ten women's volleyball slate uh, featuring Ohio State women's volleyball at Michigan women's volleyball. I guess it was a doubleheader. And Minnesota Volleyball against Wisconsin Volleyball had 1.659 million viewers on Fox, most viewed regular season women's college volleyball telecast in history. Remember, the Nebraska women also sold out the entire stadium uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska. More people watched the Big Ten women's volleyball on Fox Sunday than have watched any WNBA game in 20-plus years of its existence. The WNBA ought to lean into this. Look, you can be like, I hate Clay Travis. You can be like, Clay Travis is the biggest jerk that's ever existed in the history of mankind. You can even say, I have no idea who Clay Travis is. What I can guarantee is that more people will watch a WNBA team play basketball than have ever watched in the 20-plus year history of your existence. It's actually good advertising. And I'll put my money where my mouth is. All these women complain and say, we don't get paid enough to play basketball. Some of these WNBA people, and certainly many of the women's soccer people, they're like equal pay for equal work. All right, I'm offering you equal pay for equal work. If you win, you get a million dollars. If you lose, the boys that you lose to get a million dollars. I don't know how to be more fair. Uh, Woke Snow White. You guys see this? Uh, Disney has delayed the debut of the Woke Snow White movie, the live-action film version of the 1937 original animated classic, by another year. Reports are that they're redoing the entire movie and that they are trying to de-wokeify it because it has been such a disaster. And also reports are that Disney has now spent over $300 million on this movie before they've even started an ounce of promotion. My prediction is that they never make this, that they that they take a tax write-off and they don't release this movie because it is such an aggressive anti-brand move. I believe that they are never going to actually release this. Um, and they just keep postponing it. And eventually they're going to say, yeah, we're going to take the tax write-off like Warner Brothers ended up doing for Batgirl, which must have been an atrocious woke movie that they just said it's too bad. It's too much anti-branding. I think Snow White's name is Rachel Zegler, the person who's playing Snow White. She seems to genuinely hate Snow White. Uh, and I think they're going to have to scrap this entire movie, go back and take the whole thing off the table, 
uh, before all is said and done, because every time this girl has opened her mouth, Disney stock has tanked even more. It's at a 10-year low. Nobody's going to their movies. Theme park attendance is collapsing. ESPN, they're trying desperately to sell it. I need to talk more about that because I think that story came out while I was on the road and I wasn't doing as many shows. ESPN can't afford to re-up with the big, uh, with the, uh, they don't have the Big Ten anymore. They can't afford to re-up with the NBA package that they have now. They can't afford to keep the college football playoff. The math simply does not work. And they're going to take, I think, hundreds of millions of dollars in lost money over this Snow White movie if they actually end up putting it out. And that is, sooner or later, $100 million here, $100 million there, it turns into actual, substantial, real losses that are all stacking up that have real consequences. And that is why I think Disney is going to end up not putting this new Snow White movie out uh, before all is said and done. Let me check since it's Halloween. I'm curious what the overall uh, vote was. 54% of you said you liked The Lost Boys. 46% of you said you liked Scream, the original, the best, which I thought uh, was interesting. Okay. Um, Yesterday, I talked about the fact Patrick Mahomes played with the flu. Nobody cared. This is after years of everybody in the sports media being so terrified of anyone being allowed to play with COVID. Uh, I've been looking at the Moderna and the Pfizer stock prices. As I mentioned to you last week, I kept this here because I wanted to have the evidence. COVID vaccines elevate stroke risk. Uh, Again, this is from the New York Times. Those who got the COVID shot saw a 20% increase in the risk of a stroke with Pfizer and a 35% increase in the risk of a stroke with Moderna. Uh, Also, experts said uh, that uh, kids age 12 to 17 who got the Pfizer shot had an increased risk of heart problems. Uh, They also found that the kids who got the Moderna and the Pfizer shot age 2 to 5 had a rise in the incidence of seizures and convulsions. All that reported. Uh, The stock prices of Pfizer and Moderna have tanked, partly as a result of these COVID shot failures. And I believe if we had not given, and by we I mean our government, had not given Pfizer and Moderna immunity, that these companies would both be bankrupt because they have produced worthless COVID shots, uh, which are now causing health issues in young people that are otherwise healthy. Stock prices, as a result, maybe we can put them up in a graphic, stock prices have tanked. Moderna stock, and I tweeted this out earlier, hit a price in September of 2021 of $430 a share. Since that point, the uh, Moderna stock has lost over 80% of its stock market value. It's now back around $75 a share. What is occurring here? The idea initially that these companies sold to Wall Street was these COVID shots work great. Everybody's going to get them. This is going to be a yearly annuity. We're going to make billions and billions of dollars. The reaction, the actual reality is these things are lemons. They are virtually worthless. 
And as more and more people are becoming aware of that, nobody's getting the COVID shot. So they're paying Travis Kelsey millions of dollars to try to get people to go get it. He should be ashamed of himself. Uh, kids age 12 to 17 have an increased heart risk. Kids age 2 to 5 have an increased risk. Again, reading directly from the New York Times of uh, seizures and convulsions after they get these shots. It is a tragedy that these companies are not going to be bankrupted over what they did to all of us with these shots. Uh, all right. Uh, love all of you. This has been the Tuesday edition of OutKick. Happy Halloween, everybody. I'm going to go get my kids, get ready for a fun night. I hope all of you have fun nights as well. This has been OutKick, the show.